Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. What's up, Pittsburgh Steelers fans? Oh, turn the loop off. Turn the loop music. Oh, my God. Steel <laughs> I had the loop off. Someone else was supposed to hit it. I wasn't, I wasn't near it. <laughs> All right. Welcome, Steeler fans, to a very perfect preseason finale postgame show. I'm Jeff Hartman, joined by Dave Schofield and Brian Davis. Dave, what's going on? Hey, I kept saying it couldn't, it could it really, you know, it had to go, it had nowhere to go but down. Wrong, man. They just kept rolling, you know. It, that first team, you couldn't, you could you improve on the first two games? No. But hey, at least they kept they, they kept up the status quo, man. They, great stuff. Absolutely. Brian Davis took a week off last week, but he's back. What's up, Brian? Oh man, I am feeling it. I am loving it. And you know, we could talk about the what this means for the regular season all we want, but you know what we're not gonna be talking about? 
we're not going to be talking about a six and O preseason streak. Like that's all they do in purple land. So we're not talking about that. We're talking about real football. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny because I, I was talking to Dave uh, about something that wasn't even really pertaining to the Steelers the other day on the phone. And we started getting talking about preseason football. And Dave said what he was talking about on Stat Geek and how it's unprecedented. He goes, you, you, this isn't going to happen again. I was like, well, it could, but it's just not likely. The expectation shouldn't be there. And then, boom, what happens? The Steelers offense goes out and they just do exactly what they've done the entire preseason Two drives, two touchdowns. I believe those just two, right? This this week, yeah. two drives, and the first one started deep in their own end. It was beautiful, but well, let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Let's do knee jerk reactions, Dave. You go ahead first. What's your knee jerk reaction? Well, I mean, once again, you're like, can it get any better? How about before the Steelers? You know, they hadn't scored a touchdown from the red zone because they were they were so efficient. They were scoring from beyond the red zone. This time, first-team offense into the red zone twice, two touchdowns. I mean, th- that's just another box to check off, that they still checked off boxes of things that they hadn't accomplished yet, and they continued to accomplish, you know, but they didn't check off the, you know, half the punt box. They didn't have to check off the settle for a field goal box. They didn't, they didn't check off reach a fourth down box. It, it never happened. They, they put the ball in the touchdown zone. Yeah. They never had to ask Big Press to come out and do anything but hold for an extra point. That's um, right. Brian Davis, what's your knee-jerk reaction? My knee-jerk reaction goes back to probably about four weeks ago when training camp was starting, and we all made the comment when I said, you know, this team looks like they mean business. It doesn't look like a team that is, you know, looking for shameless self-promotion. They just look like they're, they've got a chip on their shoulder and they're ready to go. And it seemed to keep on going. And I tell you what, you guys could be disrespecting this guy all you want. When I say disrespecting, you could be, you know, down on this guy, but I love Colin Coward even more for making comments like he made about Kenny Pickett is not great. Because when you make those comments, Kenny Pickett hears it. And I think he showed that he really could be great. He could be accurate. And what Mike Tomlin was saying about him in the post-game press conference was amazing. I think Najee Harris is saying all the things or hearing all the things that are being said about Jalen Warren has passed him up. And all that. And, you know, he goes out and he averaged four and a half and looked pretty good. So I am getting ahead of myself. But knee jerk reaction. This team means business. And that chip grows. And, hey, keep on disrespecting these guys. Yeah, let's get this uh, super chat up on the screen here. Uh, Case and Wright gives us $2. Says driving can't chat much. Great game. Let's go. Thank you very much for the tip. We appreciate it. Um, My knee jerk reaction. Everyone's talking about the offense right now. But I was really impressed with the defense. They held Atlanta like eight yards for the majority of the first half. I think the last drive, maybe the Atlanta, they they actually got a first down and moved the ball a little bit. Landon Roberts looked like he was shot out of a cannon on more than one occasion. Just really, the, these guys look like they're, I think, complimentary football is the best way to put it. Uh, and they're playing good complimentary football. And we're going to break this game down just like we do all of the post-game shows that we do we start by looking at the statistics we look at the box score we always start on offense 
and we always start with the quarterback. So let's talk about the quarterback. That would be one Kenneth Shane Pickett finishes four for four, 86 yards, a 21 and a half average, had two big passes, uh, one to Deontay Johnson on third down, the other one obviously to George Pickens, which got the ball down to the two yard line. He had a great day. Rating was 118.8. Mitch Trubisky finished seven of nine for 54. Mason Rudolph, three of seven for 15. And poor Tanner Morgan, one for four with a minus a negative four yards. So, all right, Dave, let's talk about quarterbacks. What'd you think? Oh, my goodness. He falls off the cliff again. Uh, Kenny Pickett can't even throw a touchdown. And I mean, his, his, his rating plummets to 118.8. Of course, once again, I, I'm joking like last week. Yeah. Some people <laughs> didn't get it. So I'm glad I said yeah. it last week. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, what more could you ask for? Because you rounded out the offense. It wasn't about, oh, let's see Kenny Pickett go out there and throw for a bunch of touchdowns. No, let's have see Kenny Pickett connect with Deontay Johnson on a third down, dropping the ball into him great. Let's see him throw another fantastic ball for an even more fantastic catch from George Pickens. That's what more can you ask from him other than to say, just show, just, just keep doing what you're doing when it counts. Yeah. That is it. All there is to it. I thought Mitch Trubisky looked better too. But Brian, what do you think about the quarterback play? I thought all the way around it looked pretty good. And I realize you said poor Tanner Morgan, but Tanner Morgan does not have a chance with the way Mason Rudolph and Mitch Trubisky have been playing this preseason. But he has a chance to make a practice squad. He threw a pretty nice ball in the end zone towards the end of the game that might have put the Pittsburgh Steelers over thirty, but. It ended up being, you know, the receiver was out of bounds. I believe Crookshank, or I'm not sure. I can't even remember what his name was. Yeah, it's um, something like that. <laughs> but, but you know, I, I thought the quarterback play was good all the way around. I uh, there was a particular play that I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of hold off and mention late a little bit later when we talk about the receivers. But one that really stuck out to me, and Mitch threw a ball and converted a third down towards the end of the first half. I'll talk about that a little bit later, but really, I I like the way that these guys conducted themselves all preseason, especially tonight again. Yeah, and I, I think about Tanner Morgan, and when you look at last year with Chris Oladokun and the way that he was handled as the fourth quarterback, and Tanner Morgan got a lot of snaps this preseason. And I think Mike Tomlin on more than one occasion said more than they were technically planning for based yeah. on the fact that when your offense starting offense goes out against Tampa Bay, one drive, one touchdown. Okay. Get off the field. Buffalo, two drives, two touchdowns. Okay. We were going to play a little bit longer, but get off the field. And then you go into this game, two drives, two touchdowns. All right. What the hell? Get off the field. Let's get him out, out there. So you have Tanner Morgan getting some very valuable reps. Will it equate in a practice squad spot? Are you talking know. with the Steelers or just in general? I think I'm uh, dealers. Oh, I, I don't. I don't see a need to keep a quarterback on the practice. Quarter. No, and I, and people talked about this last year and other years. Your your third quarterback now that they can, even though they'll be inactive, but will be in uniform. You're going to even have a bit bit of a need to try to get them at least a couple snaps in practice. Perhaps I I, I don't see what a fourth quarterback does. I don't see teams keeping quarterbacks on the practice squad across the NFL because the only ones that normally did were ones that only kept two on the 53. You can't do that if you want to dress the third. I think you're going to see three on the 53, and it's going to be very rare other than maybe needing a quarterback to, to susp uh, specifically 
specifically emulate a particular quarterback in preparation like the Steelers sometimes do yep. to prepare for the Ravens. I don't see you're going to see him. I don't think there'll be many quarterbacks on practice squads this year. You're probably right. Okay, let's talk about let's let's leave the quarterbacks for a second. Let's go yep. to the pass catchers. So we're talking about George Pickens, one for 35 on one target. Deontay Johnson, one for 33, one target. Connor Hayward, two for 27 on two targets. And then a bunch of guys with single digits. It really, after the starters left, it definitely turned into a ground game. Uh, you could tell that Mike Tomlin was just trying to probably end the game. Let's get out of here without any injuries. But in the meantime, pass catchers, Dave, what did you think? I've nothing stood out in a bad way in the top units, not just the top unit. I mean, my goodness, only two people had more than two targets and that was running back. Greg Bell had three and, and Crookshank had three and didn't catch any of them. That's all. They spread the ball around and they, it did it. The Steelers seemed to only throw the ball almost when they had to in this game. There seemed to be a little bit more focus on the run game, but yet you got quality play from your receivers. Brian, what are your thoughts on the pass catchers? Well, you know what? There was not an incompletion thrown until, and I know this is the passers, but bear with me on this. There was not an incompletion until late in the second quarter, and that was a very good play made on the receiver. Mm-hmm. right there but everything else that that i saw from these guys they're catching things that are coming their way you don't feel like you're having uh you feel like this receiving unit has grown and they answered one of the questions too and they're scrappy as well you know the big question was can the pittsburgh steelers do anything but that dink and dunk matt canada short game and I think they've proved it a lot this year. I mean, when I'm I'm watching before the game and I'm seeing criticism about Kenny Pickett and the only criticism is, well, we haven't really seen him throw in a two-minute drill. But you got to see him throw in a 92-yard a 92-yard uh, a drive to start the game after they got put back. And those receivers had a lot to do with it. I saved this from earlier. I loved the way Gunnar Olszewski played on that. Uh, it was third down. Oh, that was a great move. <laughs> he battled for the sticks. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I think it's time to kind of put those two fumbles from last year on kickoff returns out of your mind and see that this guy has come back with a lot of fire and intensity and as a fifth or sixth receiver in different options. That's, a, that's something you can get excited about. The other thing with the pass catchers, And I've noticed this entire preseason that there's a concerted effort to get Connor Hayward the football. And he's doing everything with it. He looks very good as a receiver out there, too. There are so many weapons in so many different ways. If this guy's covered, this guy's got to be open. I mean, it's going to be hard to double cover any of these guys. This is... uh, this is more complete of a team and even a wide receiving or pass catching stable that we've seen in a long time. When you're talking about the Gunnar Olszewski's on this team and the Connor Hayward, the, the way they use them is definitely noteworthy, especially at Connor Hayward. And we're going to talk about the running game here in a second, but my gosh, the Connor Hayward had four carries in this game. I'm watching the first half thing and 
but didn't didn't have that on my bingo card. Connor Hayward <laughs> getting a, 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 I guess, a lion's share of carries throughout a drive. But there's a reason why they're doing that. They want to see, is he capable? Maybe they only keep two running backs. Or if they keep a third in Anthony McFarlane, they can have him inactive on mm-hmm. game day and Connor Hayward in an emergency. Can he carry the ball? Like There's reasons why they're doing this stuff. And you have to also figure about the wide receivers. And this is something Dave and I do every single week. And we'll have our final prediction coming out on Monday. How many wide receivers are going to keep? You know, there's no guarantee they'll keep six. If if Connor Hayward is a, is a very versatile piece, they might just keep five. And in which case, you know, is Gunner O on the outside looking in? I don't know. That's tough. That's really tough. Dave, any final thoughts before we move on to the runners? So this includes tight ends, right? It does. Okay. Was kind of bummed to see Matt Washington not get a target. Yeah. But man, oh man, did he have some really nice blocking. He sure did. Uh, several, several instances. Now, I mean, there's the occasional one that's that, that gets through. I mean, Zach Gentry whiffed on a block too, um, which which caused a, a run that I thought up the middle. At first, I wanted to blame on the line, but no, it was Gentry that let his guy beat him to the inside. But that's sometimes tough for a tight end. But man, that guy had some nice blocking. Yeah. Brian, any final uh, thoughts here before we move on to the running game? I'm pleased. I am definitely pleased with all the receivers. All right. Before we go on, I do want to ask you all, were you all kind of bummed that Atlanta didn't play any of their starters, Dave? I mean, of course, because you would have liked to have seen the Steelers do the same thing against their ones. But once again, you're you're – in the preseason, you play the nameless gray faces, yeah. whether they're a one or whether they're a six across from you. It's you just got to go out there and do your thing. And that's what's encouraging is that the Steelers did their thing, regardless of who was lined up against them. Brian, what about you when you heard that the uh, Falcons were going to be resting their starters? I was I was uh, very bummed, but. Exactly what Dave said, and something that somebody on the NFL Network at halftime said. It sh- I think it was Mariucci. I, I think he mentioned something precision. Yeah. You've got to see the Steelers be precise and carry out their game plan, and it, it really doesn't matter at that point. It's that they're able to carry out a game plan. And nobody – is anybody complaining about Matt Canada? And I think that's really what you're seeing right now that – This game plan has evolved. The system has evolved. Now we might be, it might be six weeks from now and we're, we're complaining about it again. Uh, But right now you can see that this is a much different offense than what we've seen. So everything that we're talking about on offense, I'm pleased with, and I'm excited because they changed the narrative of what everybody thought they were on offense and thought they were going to fall back into being again to being more of a complete offense, and there's explosive plays. When you're being able to throw downfield, there were some deep balls in this game, and they were completed. And what, Kenny was 8-for-8. Mitch at one point was 6-for-6 until the incompletion. You know, wow. This is a different passing game. When I I thought about the Falcons, you know, everything Brian, you said is accurate. I mean, when I thought about the Falcons and I I saw the report before the game that they were resting their starters, I kept on thinking about how the Steelers are viewing Kenny Pickett going into year two and how they're like, we need to get this guy reps. We need to get him uh, plenty of looks in the preseason. We want to get him in rhythm. 
And then on the other side of the field, you have Desmond Ritter, who was drafted in the same draft class, not in the same round, but in the same draft class, who did not play as much as Kenny Pickett last season. And they're just giving him they're just giving him the whole game off. I'm like, man, this is just talk about two different approaches. Not there's not one right and what wrong. And Mike Tomlin after the game said, I don't care about what the Joneses do. I just care about what my team does. And they went out and they did the job. So good for them. Occam's Ox gives us a dollar ninety nine. He said, as as buttoned up of a preseason as I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good way of putting good it. Way to put it. It. it really is. Absolutely. And then Leo gives us four ninety nine. Uh, Dave, there's no message. No, Dave if, if Leo follows up, I'll bring it up. Follow right, up with perfect. your with your next comment, and I'll bring yeah. it up, Leo. Thank you for the tip. We appreciate it. So let's go to the running game. We talked about how this was a very running focused game, based on the fact that it was twenty four nothing at halftime. Just happens to be the final score of the game. Anthony McFarland leads the Steelers, ten carries, fifty five yards. Uh, Zazavian Valaday seven for 26, Mitch one for 24, Najee Harris four for 18, Jalen Warren two for 14, and then a whole bunch of guys less than that. And like I said, Connor Hayward did get four carries for 11 yards. So, uh, gentlemen, what did you think about the running game? We can throw in the offensive line here as well if you'd like. Dave, we'll start with you. To me, what really sums up the 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 running game i'm trying to find it specifically is on that first drive that the steelers had that you had you had a jail well you had jalen warren for six yards then Najee harris for 12 yards like those back-to-back you know chunk runs of those two guys that was after the long, the, the next two plays after the Deontay Johnson pass. You could tell they were really wanting to work a little bit with the run game, um, and it paid off. So it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't perfect because you know there was there was a there was a then there was a run for no gain in there. But my my goodness, you you saw it from from various running backs at at different points of the game. I have, I don't have the concerns that I did. Last week, when you're like, "Oh man, the running game after the with the next offensive line uh, just wasn't just wasn't the same." It wasn't as much of a fallout. No, trust me, it wasn't the same as it was with the number one guys out there, but it wasn't as as stark of a difference as we saw last week. So, I mean, in, in all, looking at those numbers, good stuff. Yeah, for sure. Before we go, before I throw it over to Brian, Master P gives us four ninety nine. Uh, hey, if you see, if you guys didn't get the comment in, get it in. We'll, we'll hold on. Up on the I know we got one from that. It, it skipped. Leo, on me. hold on. Did we get the Leo one? Leo Canales got in. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I've got the Master P comment. All right, the next I got one up here. All right, let's get Leo up first. Okay. He said, "Just love the show and what you all do." But okay, knowing Mason played with our twos and threes, how do you feel about his performance? All right, let's let's talk about this quickly. Dave, what did you think about Mace? Um, I think he's going to be one of, if not the best third options in the NFL this year. I agree. hundred percent. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts on Mason Rudolph? A lot of people are comfortable if, uh, Mason Rudolph is the number two guy. And so like Dave said, if that's your number three and that's the option you have, if you have to break that glass and bring him in, Hey, Everybody was prepared to bring him in second if they had to. So not yeah, that's your number three. Take him and yeah. and laugh and just say you you're deep at that position. 
for sure. Uh, let's get Master P's comment here. He said, if this team stays healthy, they really have the potential to be something special. And I agree with that 100%. Uh, but Brian, let's throw it over to you as it pertains to the running game. Uh, Dave talked about it. Give you your shot. Go ahead. I'm going to go real quick on this. It just reminded me of Franco Harris, Rocky Blyer, and Sidney Thornton when you had games where they all had touchdowns. Sure, this is preseason, but Ant Mac, Jalen Warren, and Najee Harris all had touchdowns in that first half. And that's something just beautiful to see. I, I really, uh, and I, I think those guys are in concert with each other. I think they root for each other. I, you know, of course there's competition, but you know, they're laughing all the way to the end zone. It, it also reminded me, you know, I just said it reminded me of those guys, but it also reminded me in that magical season of 2005, when you saw Jerome Bettis, Veron Haynes, and Willie Parker all doing that high step during warmups and when they were always all together, it just seems like this is a, a very cohesive unit as well. And you're deep there. You don't want any one of these guys to go down, but you know, if they go down, if you have one of those surprises, like you had Monday night in November in Indianapolis, that the other guys can do the job as well. Running game uh, definitely looked a lot stronger. I was very critical of it last week. Like Dave mentioned, uh, you know, after that Jalen Warren 60 plus yard touchdown run, uh, they kind of, I felt like it, it kind of inflated the numbers more than it actually was, but this was a good rushing performance, but Dave, let's finish up the offense. Talk about the offensive line, uh, whether it's pass pro, whether it is run blocking, what were your thoughts? Well, I'll say this. I thought Broderick Jones had his best game of the preseason, and I thought he did well the other two. Um, a lot of people wanted to read into the fact that Dan Moore Jr. was out there at right tackle with the second unit. I'm not looking into that because you've got to have a you have to have a tackle on the 53-man roster that could play either position. So you, you had to do that. The, I'm not looking into what they're going to do there at all. I, I just think it's great that they have you know, good options at tackle. James Daniels not playing in this game was surprising. You know, Coach Thomas said afterwards it was, a, you know, a day-to-day -day issue. I hope that's the case. But uh, as much as we were all over him the last two games, Kendrick Green did just fine out there right guard with the first unit. He, he was not the liability that he was the last two games. So uh, I'm going to call him out when he plays terrible. And when he doesn't, I'm going to say that he doesn't. And he didn't. So that's interesting. He actually, you know, kind of got himself into the mix if he's going to be available at multiple positions on the offensive line. You know, we'd written him off the 53, but then you turn around and do something like that. You got to at least get back in, back into the, the conversation. But other than that, um, I, I was satisfied with what the line was doing. I mean, especially with the ones. I'm, Isaac Samalo was – you talk about an ad in free agency. My goodness. I, I just The only thing that he can do different now is to do it during the regular season because he hasn't had a chance to do that yet. But my goodness, the, the two games he's played, it's been really something. He is a technician for sure, Samalo. Brian, what, were, what was your thought on the offensive line? I thought very solid, thought very cohesive. They were five men that acted as one. 
there it was like moving parts you, you know what it reminded me of foosball they, <laughs> they were they were a foosball team out there and when they're all moving as one you've you've got to enjoy that so uh I, i'm not talking i'm not talking water boy and uh and you know kathy bates saying foosball mrs boucher saying foosball you're gonna lose all your foosball games and your foosball <laughs> friends <laughs> but that's a good foosball team to have when when you are one unit i mean when when it's five guys acting as one that's winning football and i hope it continues absolutely let's get this super chat here on the screen tom muir or tom plays games he was a three dollars he said not three dollars for three wins not yet, but we appreciate the tip no matter what, Tom. Thank you very much. All right, folks, we're done with the offense. We're going to take a quick break on the audio side. You're going to want to stay tuned because when we come back from the break, we have some details on a really freaking awesome giveaway that we are give, doing at Fans First Sports Network. If you're watching live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, don't go anywhere. We're not going anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, Steeler fans, welcome back. You know, right before the break, I talked about how we are going to be giving the details on this giveaway. So this might be the first time you're hearing it. This is an appropriate time to talk about this because we have over 330 people watching us live right now. And the giveaway is pretty simple, but it's also really awesome. What Fans First Sports Network? We are a part of Fans First Sports Network. In case you're someone that does not pay attention to what we do in the offseason, well, we are no longer a part of that old site, that old uh, group, that old community. We have started a new entity of Steel Curtain Network at Fans First Sports Network. So listen, you're a fan of an NFL team. You're all here to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, Fans First Sports Network is giving away four free tickets to any week one NFL game of your choice valued up to $5,000. I will say that again. Four free tickets to the any week one NFL game of your choice valued up to $5,000. So let me break this down for you. We all know what week one game you would want to go to, right? You'd want to see that home opener the first time since Antonio Brown karate kicked a punter in the face at Acrisure Stadium. You could get the most expensive, maybe some, some really premium seats for upwards of $5,000 for free. What do you have to do? Go to contest.fansforsports.com. Fill out the appropriate information. That's it. You're in. Uh, Go check it out. Again, contest.fansforsports.com. Fill out the appropriate information, and you are entered. You can enter up until September 4th. September 4th. It would be pretty cool. We can't win it because we're a part of the company, but it would be pretty freaking cool if a Steeler fan won it and got to get some pretty sweet seats for that game in San Fran. Dave, what are your thoughts on the giveaway? Anything? I That's as big as you can get from anything that we've ever been associated with. Yes. Um, yeah. We'll, hey, for those of you that say it, oh, man, I really wish you could win that. What else are you doing? Yeah, we will do the Survivor Pool again later on. We'll, we'll get to that later. But this is a huge <laughs> thing. This is huge. There's no reason for you to not go there right now and enter. I mean, come on, people. Get to it. Yes, Brian, what are your thoughts? Anything? Those are pretty good seats too for five grand. You know, I so absolutely I I really I really think that this is something that uh man, I 
I almost put in my resignation with Fans First Sports <laughs> Network just to join this. And then I realized that I'd probably lose. But I just thought about something. Like, we win. We all win here at Fans First Sports Network with all of you joining in. But remember, Steeler fans, just, you know, join like crazy. Go ahead. Enter like crazy. Get in there and enter. Do you want a Browns fan winning it? You can. Ugh. Do you want a Bengals fan? Yeah, they can do it. We've got a Bengals affiliate. We at Fans First Network, we have a Ravens affiliate as well. And that's great because they're all a part of the family. But we know what Steel Curtain Nation is all about. So go ahead in and represent like crazy. And for those watching us live, you can see that web link right there at the bottom of the screen, scrolling across contest.fansforsports.com to enter. All right, let's get to some super chats here. Andrew Palladino gives us $9.99. Same as the last game, the first 10-ish minutes of this one was flawless, play after play. I couldn't believe what I was watching. The dog cam caught all of my reactions. Stay tuned for a compilation. <laughs> that will be pretty good. That Could we put cute. that on the fans first Twitter if you send that to sure. us? Sure, if he sends <laughs> it to me, I'm absolutely sure. Yeah, for sure. And let's go to uh, Tom Muir again. Gives us five dollars. He said the stats say we aren't the champs unless history changes, but we changed history in 2009. So there is that. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. I'm looking forward to this season. I, I really am excited. This is a, a, a tough layoff, a really tough layoff, but still it is what it is. We're going to, uh, we're going to be ready. We'll have everything for you right here at the steel curtain network. All right, let's talk about the defense. They pitch a shutout. Uh, now granted it wasn't against starters. We talked about that in the first half of the show, but let's just talk about some different aspects of the defense. It's a little bit more difficult. We'll talk about the starting defense first. Just as a collective group, we saw them for about uh, some of them, like Alex Highsmith played just shy of a quarter. Not that that was that much because <laughs> well, Atlanta gained like eight yards at that time. But Dave, what were your thoughts on the starting defense? Just overall starting defense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just in okay. general. Just in general. Got got it done in both phases. I mean, my goodness. I mean, ne negative two yards through the first quarter of offense that they that they gave up. Yeah, that's I, – I don't know. I mean, they just look shot out of the cannon from the very first play. It, it, it was fantastic. Yeah, so was, were there any particular players that stuck out to you that – I mean, Landon Roberts looks like he yeah. shot out of a cannon from the very first e play. Um, um, I mean, T.J. Watt, I don't, I'll, I'd don't. i love to see how many snaps he actually played, but to, to then come in and get a sack um, – you're still saying starter, so I gotta I gotta reserve some other names um, for later. But I mean, my my goodness, it was just the it was like men playing against boys out there. And yes, you could say, oh, it wasn't their starters, but these are guys that that made an NFL roster. These are players that weren't that many of them weren't playing in the XFL or the USFL because they were already on a ninety man roster. So. Just just to see them go out there and, and, and do what they do was great. All right, Brian, what about you? So in six quarters of play, and I'm just talking about first half alone, they gave up seven points, and they really didn't give up seven points against Buffalo in late in the second half because there was a very short field to deal with because of a turnover. So 
I mean, they basically pitched shutouts the entire way. TJ was doing TJ things again. You have to feel about feel great about how he looked there. You know, everybody's talking about a Landon Roberts. I don't do this very often, but I'm going to do it now. I've been, I have been crying for this guy ever since last year when I thought that uh, Brian Flores would bring him in because I, I, I've loved him since he was a Patriot and I don't love many Patriots. I just thought ever since I saw this guy, I thought he was a stealer and he became a stealer late in in the uh off season this year i mean it i mean it was before it was before camp but it wasn't one of those early signings so i love the fact that they brought in e-rob uh, i think he is one of those guys that it's gonna be he's coming in without fanfare but you're gonna love him this is not john bostic this is a different type of player and he's played in very good defenses for a long time uh, not just uh, New England, but Miami as well. I'm really glad to see him. And I thought what I saw of Joey Porter in that first half, again, I thought he looked solid. Uh, somebody uh, somebody here said, did you notice? It seems like they're throwing away from him quite a bit. And yeah, they are. Um, you, you saw that one, there was one penalty against him. But he he's played solid. I uh, I don't even know if we're considering him a starter at this point. We might not be, but I like everything that I saw from them. The this is going to be special. And remember, you did not have Cam Hayward playing in this game as well. And now you can go ahead. If I'm playing devil's advocate, it's a lot easier to say that you're going to see precision from an offense um, playing against the nameless gray faces. But with the defense, you expect you expect more dominance, almost like those strike games of 1987 when you had some guys having teams in there that uh, had a lot of starters in there and guys that still had scab players in there. So, I mean, that's, that's all. I mean, you can definitely say that. But for me, I just see guys doing their job. Yeah, well said. For when I think about the defense, there's certain times like Landon Roberts jumped off the screen because he's making splash plays in the backfield. I'll tell you a guy that I that showed up for me, at least in, in just spurts, but I was really happy to see him even making some plays. That's it's DeMarvin Leal. You know, he, he's a guy that a lot of times, whether you're talking about Cam or Larry Ogunjobi, or maybe it's Keanu Benton, who's a shiny new toy on the defensive front, sometimes DeMarvin Leal because he's that tweener, you know. He played on the edge last year, and Dave talked about this a lot in the offseason. How are they? How do they view DeMarvin Leal? I've seen him have some really nice plays this year. I think it's great. Isaiah Loudermilk has looked better. Uh, the depth there is real, and Mike Tomlin talked about that in his press conference on it was Tuesday this week that he that he talked about how hey look if they have tough decisions to make that means they put together a pretty good ninety man offseason roster and they're going to have some tough decisions to make. But I was impressed with DeMarvin Leal. Let's talk about some of the other players, though, that might have had a pretty good performance that need us uh, to discuss them in some way, shape, or form. Uh, when you talk about a player like Nick Herbig, continues to make plays. He had three tackles, three solo, one sack, one tackle for loss, and one quarterback hit. Uh, Alandon Roberts' stat line, he had two tackles for losses, a, a very mirrored uh, stat line there. The Steelers eventually had a total of five sacks, 
and they took the ball away at critical times. So, uh, you know, we can talk about specific players. Let's talk about, gosh, preseason is so difficult because it's really just, it's kind of like a mixed bag of goods and to what they're facing and, and all that stuff. So Dave, is there any other players that you wanted to mention on the defensive side of the ball as it pertains to guys that played well, areas of the defense that you thought might be did better than expected anything at this point? Go ahead. Well, I'm, I, I thought it was interesting that the Steelers only had one pass defense, and that was the one that that um, Shannon Sullivan knocked down uh, at the at, at the line of scrimmage. But there was something that I put out there on on Twitter um, when it comes to something with the Steelers. A lot of people were talking about all oh, the battle for slot corner between Chan Chan Sullivan and Elijah Riley. I don't think it has to be an either or on the fifty three man roster because Elijah Riley's not a cornerback; he's a safety. And Shannon Sullivan's a cornerback. By having one, by, by having one be one and one be the other, you're not you're not having oh well two of your cornerbacks being just slot guys. Pulling one from each place actually makes it to where there's room for both players on this team. But I mean, there some of the times when it comes to the secondary, you're not seeing guys making plays is is a good thing, like a Patrick Peterson out there uh doing his thing and not having to make a play because the they're, they're not even getting the ball in his I mean my goodness the one time he was it, it was at the sideline uh he almost even had a had an interception but it was already out of bounds um things of that nature so just I thought it was good team play all around okay what about you Brian talk about the defense you know, everything that I saw, I was just impressed with. And then when we get into uh, other players, you know, that aren't starting, but everybody wants to talk about it. So I'm just going to say it. Yeah, Nick Herbig. And sure, he had a sack. But one thing uh, where he didn't make the play, there was something that I noticed with Herbig on that defense that shows me he's going to be special is he has great closing speed. He had one right after his sack. He had a he uh, came off the edge again and chased the quarterback down the middle and the quarterback went for a slide. And it, it was funny because he just uh, he almost got him. And he was coming off the edge and uh, this he was avoided, evaded, excuse me. And then next thing you know, boom. He's uh he's so close to making that tackle too. If he was go if he didn't slide, he would he would have tackled him because he was closing in on him. So there is a we haven't seen the depth on this team in on this defense in such a long time. Like I said, you don't want anybody to go down, but you have a uh, you have a situation where you could spell some guys. You can I mean remember early in TJ's career we saw him a lot with the oxygen mask late in games and you know because he was out there trying to do everything TJ and Highsmith don't have to do everything now so that's the amazing thing you have three linebackers inside linebackers and a fourth in uh Marcus Robinson who's you know that's a deep group now too where this was everything that we were still worried about before the preseason and training camp started even Dave just brought up uh, Shannon Sullivan and brought up Elijah Riley. Those guys are 
guys that we weren't really talking about. In fact, we were nobody made a big deal over Shandon Sullivan signing whatsoever when he came in. But now you're looking at these guys and you're like, wow, they're deep all the way around. And I saw somebody say it in the live chat here. It was something about uh, Carl Dunbar saying somebody's going to get cut of a high quality defensive lineman that uh, can play that can play on an NFL team is going to lose his job with the Steelers. So when you see all of that and you see everybody that the Steelers have on that defense, you've got to sit back and smile and hope that the sun keeps shining on them because they could be special. They could evoke. I'm not saying they're evoking the 1970s, but they can evoke 2008, 2009, 2010 real well. Absolutely. Let's get this. This is a good question here uh, from Justin. He gives us 499. He said, so who gets number 26, McFarland or Quan Alexander? This is interesting. Uh, I don't think Quan Alexander wants 26. That's it's what just, I was wondering. You know, I mean, he came in so time. late. He's he's going to have to wait for, you know, g- get him a better linebacker number. That's if one opens up, I would imagine one would. Brian, you're the numbers guy. What do you think? Yeah, you know, uh, there's going to be one in the 90s probably opening up. Uh, but you know what? I could even see him coming in and taking number five. <laughs> you know, I mean, something he seems like a one digit guy. He was before. I know he was, he was number, uh, what was he, number nine uh, at his last stop or something like that. I mean, something he's like not, that, yeah, he's not going to get, he was either eight or nine. And you know, he's not getting eight. But, but McFarland, I, I think this being his third season or is this his fourth? I believe it's his. Well, he was 20. Uh, so this is his fourth season, right? Yeah. Um, 2020, mm-hmm. he was drafted. Pretty sure. Yeah, I think okay. so. Yeah, so, I mean, this being his fourth season, I I don't think that uh, you can ask him to give that up with Quan being the new co- newcomer. And I don't think the Minister of Quan, which one of my favorite nicknames, <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't think he's. it's going to matter. He's all about love. Good stuff. Now, Dave, let me ask you, because you might know off the top of your head, do you know when the roster cutdown date is? Yeah, it's Tuesday. So Tuesday, is it 4 p.m.? 4 p.m., the 29th. Yep. So to give everyone the kind of the lay of the land. So it's Thursday night, and the Steelers, there's only two games tonight. Whole slate of games Friday, big big slate Saturday, one game on Sunday. Tuesday at 4 p.m. is when they have to cut down to the 53. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't cut down earlier. I know in the past they've actually released some players early. Doesn't mean they will. Make sure you're staying tuned to SteelCurtainNetwork.com. Uh, we're going to have all that news as it unfolds right there. And, and also, keep something else to keep in mind, folks. If they get down to 53, that doesn't mean that's your solidified 53. Uh, they very well could sign some other players from other teams. They could move players to injured reserve if there's an injury that's that bad. A lot of stuff can change, so make sure you're paying attention and staying tuned to all those different channels. So, all right, Dave, let's do some final thoughts here. This this game in the second half was kind of a dud, but uh, what are your final thoughts wrapping up the preseason and this week three game? See, I didn't think the game in the second half was a dud. I mean, if you're looking at the offense, but I mean, my my goodness, it was still exciting to see that defense go out there and have something to play for uh, to, to pitch this shutout. My goodness, this team as a whole – over the last two games, gave up seven points. And that was when a bad snap went and the team recovered it at the one or two yard line. 
That's yeah. been it over eight quarters. Uh, they they held the Falcons to 40 yards rushing, under 200 yards passing. I mean, when you take away the sack yardage, I think it was you know under 160 yards. Um, yeah, it wasn't the starters, but you're still just but it wasn't the Steelers starters out there the whole time either. The thing is with this team now, what they've done is they've showed you what they are capable of doing. So that's what they've done. Now, I'm, I'm not expecting a touchdown every drive or things of that nature, but you've seen what they what they can do. Now they have to do it when it matters most. And when it matters most is the regular season. Once again, you can't get to the regular season until you play the preseason, unless it's 2020. Um, and you can't get to the postseason until you play the regular season. So you have to take the next thing that's up. This has to tr- this has to move into the regular season, and then just put the put that product out there on the field. Am I expecting it to be a hundred percent of what we got here? No, but I mean it. It, but I wasn't expecting what we even had tonight to be what it was. So uh, bring on the real football. And it's exciting to know what this team could do. Now all they have to do is show it. Very good. Brian, final thoughts on the preseason and this week three game. Jeff, Dave, listeners, preseason was all about answering questions. And I think a lot of questions were answered over the last two and a half weeks, or I guess we call them three weeks now three weeks. So with that, here's what you need to know was answered. Question number one, can Kenny Pickett make that leap from year one to year two? Kind of looks like he has already. Of course, this is all prefaced with, we've got to see what they do in the regular season. And Dave just said that. Is the running back, the running game is Najee Harris not what we thought he was when he was drafted in the first round. Is Jalen Warren the better running back? No, they're both really good. You have very good running backs, and you have a third one in Anthony McFarland that if he doesn't make this team, man, you, you're you hoping that uh, Omar Khan has a deal lined up to trade him because, <laughs> I mean, he's going to get snapped up in a hurry. He has been wonderful. Can Calvin Austin come back from an injury? Well, they finally have a punt return game too. Even if he doesn't catch a single pass, you know this guy is going to be absolutely dangerous for this team in some way. Inside linebackers, that has been answered. Joey Porter Jr., that has been answered. There are no questions where, yeah, I don't know. Let's hope it gets better once the season starts. There is none of that. None whatsoever. So all of those questions that you have, when you have them, when you feel that you have them answered going into the regular season, the big question is, can they keep it going? The biggest question is, are they for real? We can't really say that, but plus 54 point differential makes you think that this is for real. And you know, the guy we're not even talking about because he's hardly playing, but when he when he's in there, that one catch that he gets on one target, Deontay Johnson looks like a superstar on for, on first drives and even second drives if he's in there. So everything that, that we have asked is being answered. And so far, the answers are, wow, they look for real. So that's what I wanted 
out of this preseason. I don't think I've ever left a preseason this encouraged before. And I'm talking Super Bowl years because there's been a lot of preseason games, preseasons when they lost a couple of games. And we know it's not about the losses, but when they hardly put up points, when the offense is putting up all of these points. And remember, the defense put up zero. The defense did not put up points. And when you're seeing a 92-yard drive, when you're seeing long plays that you don't see a lot of, that's when you get encouraged. So I'm done talking. Now let's see them continue to answer questions and let them do the talking. All right, let's get Tom here. He says, Tom plays games, gives us $2. Thoughts and prayers. I owe you all a dollar in 17 days. Here we go. I hope you owe us a dollar too, Tom. That would be <laughs> a great way to start the season. Uh, so there you go. We're all fired up. Make sure you check out Steel Curtain Network, not just the website, steelcurtainnetwork.com, but all of our podcasts. Check out my Winners and Losers podcast tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. you also get a weekend with the homies, State of the Steelers, uh, the Sunday Q and a will be there. All that great stuff will be right there for you wherever you get your podcast. And then make sure on Monday, you're ready to get that full slate, that full weekly slate again, as we get you all geared up for the regular season. Here we go. Let's get another from Andrew Palladino, 499. He said, this sign off is for Brian. May the great master of all the steel nation be with us until we meet again. Good night, Steeler fans. <laughs> Thank you for the tip. That is an ode to scouting as well. <laughs> there you go. I've never been one, so I wouldn't know. All right. Great show, guys. The next post-game show we have will be a little over two weeks away, which is tough to imagine. But nonetheless, we'll be here for you every step of the way. Thanks for listening. All right. We're getting out of here. We'll see you next time on another post-game show. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Everybody else gets a little tight.